welcome back to another episode of Walk-Ins Welcome. We have another special episode today uh, with a guest, Michael Brown, who's with us. But before I get that, we are all about helping urgent cares, medical practices, patient clinics triple their revenue through digital marketing services and exceptional patient experience. Michael, yeah, up, man? Yeah, so I want to bring on Michael Brown today. Uh, just a quick, quick background on him. So he's been in the medical world for over six years. He has the mentality of business first, like, you know, whether we like it or not, a urgent care or medical practice is a business, and he has a high focus on that. And inside of that, he deals with company culture and patient experience. If I was going to bullet down, bring on his bios and stuff like that, it is his world. And today we're going to talk about that and how important it is. And from a real life experience, let's see, we can talk about all day. Right. We have somebody that's been working that system or working the idea of patient experience and company culture. Welcome, Michael. Welcome. Michael, welcome Thank to the podcast. You. Say hello to the walk-ins, welcome audience, and tell me what's more important, patient experience or company culture? Great. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. Um, and great question. Uh, to me, one, you can't have one without the other. There you uh, go. To me, okay. company culture is born out of patient experience. And uh, patient experience is one of those kind of umbrella terms that just carries so much underneath it of everything from you know, the, the following that whole patient experience from beginning to end to scheduling, making that first phone call upon arrival, what's pre-check in like, what's check-in like, what's it like in the back, what's it like to be check out, what's billing like, what's the follow-ups like, what's our follow-up appointment reminders are. And so if, if company culture is not top of mind, and this is what I tell, tell my employees, if company culture is not top of mind and healthy, we cannot accomplish any of our other goals because we, it has to be a place that people look forward to coming to work, uh, want to do a good job because they look forward to coming to work, enjoy working with their coworkers. And it's a place that, you know, that fosters a healthy environment. So to me, they are hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Oh, that is so good. And I, I liken that statement to the Chick-fil-A versus the McDonald's um, where the cult, the culture dictates the experience, right? Uh, I know if I take my kid, I've got three boys. I don't know what your familial status is, but um, whenever we uh, go to a McDonald's and go over the the, the order taker person, mm -hmm. um, it's basically, you know, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Versus Chick-fil-A. You want fries with that? <laughs> yeah, you want fries with that? Is there anything else I can get you? Pull around. You know, that's mm -hmm. it. And it's just such a radically different experience. And I know it stems from the culture created with the team. So what, exactly do you, right. what do you propose? What do you propose uh, talking to patient care? Um, how do you develop a strong culture and how do you define what that looks like? Yeah. So it, it starts with, you know, employees first, make sure that, you know, the best source of information is from the people who are already there. You know, so when, when I land day one, as I start meeting with the employees as a group and then individually and, find out, you know, how is it going? You know, what, what are your thoughts? How could we do better? Where, where, where can we support you better? And so a lot of it is working with the employees and figuring out, you know, what, what do they need? What are they not getting? What can we help? In what ways can we coach and, you know, offer, you know, opportunities for betterment and things like that. Uh, but then, as you said, part of the, the Chick-fil-A approach versus, you know, the fa other fast foods is, uh, I read a great article, and I don't remember where it was, but expectations, uh, the expectations of, say, a surgical practice 
is I they think uh, I provided good service because I did the surgery and they had a good outcome. Well, that's the expected outcome. They expected <laughs> to have a you know successful knee surgery. So whoop de do, honestly, right. you know, like what that's not providing good service. Good service is. Did, were they greeted when they walked in? Were they greeted with a smile? Were they given options and opportunities? Did we listen to them? Were we empathetic? Did we explain what we were doing as we were doing it? Did we just leave them out in the lobby without ever greeting them? Did we just tell them what we were going to do without explaining why? Did we never show any warmth or empathy towards them at all? Did we just walk in, check things off the list, and walk back out? You know, so there's a big difference between offering customer service and experience versus the expectations we think, well, we just, well, we fixed them, you know? <laughs> so, right. so the, the patients, the, 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 as far as the patient is concerned, that's the expectation is you're, you were supposed to fix me, but y'all were mean to me, or I didn't feel warm and welcome or so, you know, those are the things we have to keep top of mind when we're thinking about patient experience. You know, Michael, we work with a lot of urgent cares. Okay. And we get to see on the back end from the digital piece, we get to see all of these one and two star reviews. That yeah. in. <laughs> and here's what I've found is it always starts with the front desk. Like, uh, and we hear it all the time. Hey, I got what I needed done, but the person at the front desk was rude to me or whatever. Right. So you talk about the outcomes, but the way in which you deliver those outcomes have to be cultivated somewhere. So when you're building out your culture, what recommendations do you have to help these clinics cultivate that into what they're trying to accomplish with their client experience? Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. For me, my, what I have noticed is the number one complaints come from those first couple of interactions. So for, for non-urgent cares, uh, a lot of these really busy multi-practice clinics, it happens when they call to schedule an appointment. You probably don't have that as often with urgent care. But, right. you know, that first phone call, trying to make an appointment, how long did they wait? Were they greeted warmly? There's been studies that have said if you smile while you're on the phone, they oh, yeah. can feel and hear the smile. It doesn't seem to that doesn't make sense. And but that people that's that but that, there have been studies that have said that that is true, that people can feel the warmth from somebody over the phone. And then the, you're right. The front desk. I mean, I, I have a big passion for that front desk, uh, no matter where you are, because that is, we, we call it being on stage. You're always on stage. There's nowhere to hide. You are, you know, they know exactly what kind of day you're having by just the look on your face when you didn't know they were looking. So another, another good nugget, I'll say this, that uh, I wish I could give credit to where I heard it first, but I use it all the time, is my delivery, or excuse me, my message might be correct and on point, but my delivery can ruin my chance of being helpful. So, you know, whether that's the doctors, whether that's the medical assistant, or whether that's the front desk, it could be, yes, ma'am, we actually do need you to use this, uh, you know, kiosk to sign in. I know it's a little impersonal, but if you don't mind doing that, then we can help you versus sign in over there. Come back. Both serve the same in purpose, but there was no, you know, it was in the, the delivery could use some work. So those are some of the things that we start with. It's like, you know, you, we know you're on stage at all point, at all times. So be aware of your surroundings and who's in front of you. And, and it doesn't matter to them. Frankly, it does not matter to them. And it doesn't matter to me. If we had 400 patients today, you've got this one right in front of you today. So every patient, every experience, every encounter, 
is important and remember your delivery. And those are the, those are the, the key starting points for me. So you had mentioned a, a little earlier, like the first day when you land somewhere, you start at, basically interviewing the employees, kind of getting a feel of what's going on. I'm curious, you've done it obviously a few times and at least, what's the most common issue that you, you hear typically from employees? Like what's that reoccurring theme of like, they, I'm always going to hear this issue and I'm going to fix it for them, but what is that usually? I will say, I mean, honestly, the most thing, most common thing I hear from folks, uh, from the employees, is that they've got great ideas and no one will listen to them. Oh, yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Stop, stop. <laughs> I quit. Quit making so much damn sense. Okay? <laughs> I want you to repeat that because I mean this sincerely. We really believe this, right? Like you're, you're not just a doctor that owns a practice. You are a leader of people. Say that again. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the employees have great ideas, but nobody's listening to them. Mm -hmm. we, we start off with, how, you know, how's it going? How are you? What can you, we do to make your job better? Do you have any ideas? And, you know, as I study, I start studying that patient flow from beginning to end. You don't get very far in that patient experience flow before you're talking to the schedulers and then the front desk, and I spend a lot of time with them in the beginning, like months. You know, that's that's such a critical part of the entry into the experience that as we start coming up with ideas together, and as I come up with ideas about, uh, you know, recently in a practice I was in, we worked on improving that check-in process and what can we do for a pre-appointment checklist that we can get things done. As I started bringing some of these ideas to the table, most of the employees were welcomed it with open arms. They're like, that sounds great. It's going to make my life easier. It's going to set the expectation better for the patient. Uh, all these things are things we would, we have been talking about for a long time. So most of the, most of the employees, you know, have great ideas to start with, you know, and we tell them, you know, some, some of your ideas are great and we're going to run with them. Some we're going to take into consideration. We'll think about, you know, but, uh, but for the most part, the employees are, are, are the place to start because that's where they work. That's where they've been sitting. You know, as a new guy, I'm looking at from a 5,000 feet view and seeing where I think we can make improvements, but they, they, they've got ideas in their pocket. They're ready to throw at you. And you know, one thing I, that you said that I think some people may overlook is that this takes time. Mm. This is not, let me ask this question one time at a team meeting that's once a year and nobody says anything because they're afraid to say anything like this takes like we know even with our company internally we'll ask these questions we don't get an answer right away we'll keep asking the question and then let them realize you're not going to be hurt for or you know put on blast for asking a question that questions the process that we have set up so long ago do you remember how we set that up for our team then uh, okay, so I, I, this worked for us. It could work for a medical practice. I asked the question, what if we, oh, yeah. and then I just shut up. And I think we got an entire internship built completely off of mm -hmm. what if we, right? Yep. So uh, I, I wonder if that, that could be a, a way for one of our listeners who wants to get the information from their team. Their team may be apprehensive to get that information out, sit down in a room, have a whiteboard and just ask the question, what if we dot, dot, dot and go. And then you, you know, you preface with this is a safe zone. You can't like, you're not going to be told something later after this meeting, like this, 
this is your opportunity. And then it's also you embrace it. So if somebody says something, you just start writing on the board. Right. And you just keep writing until they quit talking. And then you all of a sudden you have all these ideas. And then you're like, all right, everybody look at these ideas. What do you think is going to be the first one we can do? And have you done something similar to that, Michael, where you've seen really cool ideas birthed out of that? I mean, similar. I mean, you were to your point of uh, it takes time. You know, mm -hmm. like for me, my background is primarily management and then administration. And I have learned as as I have moved into bigger and bigger roles with larger and larger facilities, you know, there's still a, there's still a big difference between administration and a CEO. You know, it, and, and not that there's wrong with any of any of it, but a CEO in general terms is going to sit back and have a lot of meetings and come up with ideas, throw them at the wall and say, now you do it. You know, whereas an, as an administrator, I spend a lot of time just watching. You know, I, I, I showed up at the front desk and told, you know, don't don't let me make you nervous. I'm going to hang out over your shoulder. I'm going to ask you questions just to learn it. And uh, and as we as you teach it to me. I'm going to ask you questions about, like you said, what if, like what, what if we had, uh, you know, a pager system or a PA system? What if we asked them to do a lot of this stuff at home before they got here? This is 2022, you know, like people want to start stuff on their phone ahead of time so that the check-in process is faster and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, we, that's, that's really a large part of, it is an investment in time uh, because it's going to be, weeks of just kind of hanging out, walking back and forth from the front desk to the cashier, to the intake specialist and walking back and learning about the check-in and the check-out. So it is investment in time. And, and I think in a lot of ways, that is, that is the approach is, uh, you know, asking those questions, asking them to train me and show me why, you know, the hows and the whys, you know, because that's one of the things that was a big benefit for me, only six years in medical and a long time in management was I was able to come in and ask, well, why? Why, you know, why, why are we doing it this way? And, and most folks are like, right. well, that's just the way it is. I was like, well, that's, that's the way we do it. That doesn't make it. a lot of sense to me. Like, surely there's got to be a better way. And uh, so, you know, there was a learning curve. There's a lot of acronyms I didn't know, but, uh, but I was able to walk in and be like, this makes no sense. Why don't we just totally rethink, you know, the whole patient experience. And, and we've had good success with that. Nice. That's good. So I'm curious because uh, so a lot of our audiences, they're typically like one or two location uh, medical facilities. So they're all small businesses. I know in your background, you've worked for larger companies and now I've worked for smaller companies and everything in between. Was there anything that you saw in the large company, large corporate world that like, you know what, that's actually something I wish most small companies would start doing more of, even though there's a resource issue typically, but is there anything you've ever come across? Sure. I'd, I'd say, you know, embracing technology, you know, the larger guys have a little bit deeper pockets can make some investments that some of the smaller guys might be scared of, or might feel like it's too risky. Uh, but the large guys were willing to take that chance. And I, I, some, a lot of those large guys that were willing to look into, you know, basic to me, it's again, it's 2022, you know, a patient portal, you know, what, what can you do to get your medical records on your phone? What can you do to start the check-in process? Are you, you, you know, I, I should be able to scan my insurance cards from home. You know, those are the things that are available to smaller practices. And I, I have seen some of the smaller ones be real hesitant about just being scared of what, what kind of resources that's going to take and what kind of cost that's going to, that's going to affect, you know, like what is, what is, what is it going to cost me both in time and money? Nice. 
That's good. Um, with regards to culture translating into experience, what is one thing that a, that a patient care company of any size could enact that would immediately have a positive effect on the experience? Uh, you know, one of the things that we started that I do, no matter where I go, is I make sure that there are weekly meetings, and I would love to have a daily quick huddle, you know, plan for the day, uh, and, and just get a pulse of how everyone's doing, because you might have a team of five, you might have a team of 20 plus people, and you know, when you've got a small team of five, it everyone is really important in that small group, and it's important to know if Miss Susie has had a rough night, you know, the night before. So it's, again, really, it's investing in the employees and having these middle management type positions where appropriate. So having a front desk manager, a back office manager, a bill, you know, depending on how many departments you have, having somebody who is the go-to for each of those departments. So some, they have somebody to go to, and they have somebody to lead a morning huddle and just keep that pulse and, and keep, investing in that culture is something that should be checked on every week and preferably every day. So even if it's just a quick, Hey, gather around, I want us all to have a good day today. We've got 200 appointments before noon. It's going to be wild, but we're going to do great. So just hang in there and get to lunch and we'll have a great lunch and then we'll have a great afternoon. That goes so far into people's psyche of just knowing, Hey, I've got the support of my immediate management plus higher ups. It kind of it kind of forces everyone on the same page. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we're in this together. We we see the wave coming, but we know we got each other's back. And if somebody you know put your hand up, if there's something going on that you're gonna have issues today, let's let's work through that together. Yeah, yeah, and I will say I I say this you know when I when I when I arrive somewhere and I'm having these initial meetings, I will tell everybody my mom is a social worker, so that really plays a big role in my approach is there's nothing that can't be talked out. I'm an encourager and a supporter. Uh, you know, I'm not somebody who rules with an iron fist. I've been, I think we've all worked in toxic work environments. Nobody wants to work there. So a, co a company culture of support, empathy, uh, you know, encouragement, that's, that's where people want to work and where people feel like they can thrive and grow and feel like they're valued. So, uh, so I'd say that's a big part of my approach is, is kind of the, the counseling that, uh, that, that, uh, that was in our household growing up of, of being a supporter and encourager. That's good. I like that. So you've had a lot of experience with a lot of things. Uh, if you could go back, what would, if you were going to tell anybody like, all right, this, I, I need a, I have a horrible patient experience. I don't know if my culture is good or not because I'm not paying attention beyond just talking to employees. What's the, best number one first thing you would do or you would tell them start here either building a plan or whatever and work your way through because there's a lot of there we've talked to a lot of owners uh, or doctors that are owners and they just know how to perform the medical side of things they don't understand how to communicate with their team very well they're all about the patient they want to take care of the, as we talked about they want to take care of the patient but they don't know how to take care of their first patient, their employees. And so if there's anything you can hand out to them saying, I know your struggles start here. 
Well, just so that I understand, are we, we're talking about if there's if they're having trouble with their culture and with yeah, the yeah. team. Yeah, yes. like they have high turnover. There's uh, lots of issues that pop up, a lot of arguments. Nothing seems to be moving in the right direction. Like this, like because we come across this, we've come across medical practices like the doctor's great, but the rest is just not. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you know, you know, because they go hand in hand, right? You've got patient experience and work culture. Get the uh, get real testimonies from both. You know, so talk to the employees, find out what the frustrations are, but then also have real honest feedback from the patient experiences. Grab some of the Google reviews, but also send out an email blast and just ask ask your patient load. Hey, would you guys mind giving us some feedback on your impressions on on this? Sometimes it can be painful, but sometimes uh, it's very honest and it, and it's very insightful. It's usually very insightful. Sometimes it's a little little hurtful and a, a little you know bruise to the ego for some of the employees to learn that you know you start to narrow down where the leakage really is. Is that the complaints are at the front desk? Well, you might find a lot of the complaints are also with the billing department. You know, you yeah. might find a lot of the complaints are in the back office that I was put in a room and forgotten about for 30 minutes. I, I wasn't sure, you know, if people knew that I was even there anymore. So when you, once you have those tangible examples you can give to the employees, then you one of the favorite things I've, I've heard is challenge them. Let's come up with a challenge, guys. You know, let's let's find a way to to challenge ourselves to say, you know what, no one's going to wait in the lobby for more than 10, 15 minutes. Uh, well, we have a we have a timer set, an internal timer. At 15 minutes, somebody needs to touch that patient in some way, whether it's a hello, whether it's a hey, we hadn't forgotten about you, uh, something like that. We, if you find these areas of weaknesses, come up with the challenges and challenge your employees to improve on those things. So that's on the patient experience side. Similar thing with uh, with with on the employee side. If the employees are struggling you know, ask them for examples um, and, and just be real, be real honest. Try to try to have those safe places where, you know what, we're going to, we're going to talk today about what's, what's going on. And here's some ideas that we have. You guys tell us what you think. I mean, something like an ice cream party, something like bringing some popsicles mm -hmm. in, you know, something, cookies, little, beer little 30, things like that. Can go. <laughs> we do beer 30 at our office. Now it's once a month, but uh 3.30 on Friday, most people are mentally checked out. So we say, all right, you know, you finished up your work for the week. Let's just crack open a beer or for me, a Yoo-Hoo, because I don't drink beer. Uh, and then we just chit chat and kind of catch up and see what's on and, you know, play games if we want to. And then we're done by 4.15, 4.30. Mm -hmm. Just an opportunity just to relax with your coworkers. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that is, you know, that is the challenge too with your coworkers and with your peers it's so hard to really, it's in a lot of ways, it's like your patients. You're thinking of like herding cattle as your patients. A lot of times you get stuck in that same tunnel vision with your coworkers. I just see them as my coworker. I forget my coworkers got a name with family at home and hobbies on the weekend. And I have no idea what they are. You know, have mm -hmm. I ever asked, have I ever invested my, my time in my coworker to find out you know, what sports does little Timmy play? And, you know, those, those are my little secrets that I, I keep in my back pocket as I remember like one family member's name and one hobby that they like to do on weekends. So that every Monday morning I ask them, 
how was it this weekend at so-and-so's baseball game? And, and I forget, I forget what they tell me as soon as they say it, but I've made that investment to know, I mean, it makes their morning. So they know I'm, I, I'm interested in, and, and all that. So, I mean, you know, we're not asking, we tell, I've told my people this, you know, we're not asking anybody to be best friends. We're not asking you guys to go out after work and share a beer. I'm just asking you guys to work together in a healthy, cohesive way so that we can continue to improve this culture, be a place that people want to work so we can accomplish the goals that we want as a practice. So just get along, ask those kind of questions and invest in, invest some time in each other. Nice. I love it. Well, we are 24 minutes into this podcast, so we're going to have to kind of wrap things up a little bit for sure. But if I was going to sum up this last little segment, have conversations with your people in a nutshell, start having those conversations. Like it, it, and has to get the baby step it and don't be afraid to challenge them. I think, I think a lot of leadership in general is nervous to challenge their employees a little bit because they're afraid of pushback, feedback, and turnover. That's uh, just bad ego. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It is. It's just bad ego. But I love that, that leaves little room for improvement on a personal level. Yeah, if, if you can't confidently challenge somebody, then you're never going to improve. Well, I would well, say another Michael, way we've to. Had a well, I was just going to say another. You know, to remain humble in that approach, I think is another is what your you know ego. You know, the the same ego that says I'm better than is the same ego that says I'm not good enough. It's the same ego. It's just on opposite ends of the spectrum. And so when once somebody said that to me, that made a lot of sense where and that's true in management is either, you know, I'm, I'm the guy with an authoritative fist or I'm too submissive or 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 I'm better than or less than is is there are there are it is uncomfortable sometimes to be vulnerable. And I'm not afraid to, you know, like I said, my mom's a social worker, so I'm not afraid to talk about feelings and and and, and be vulnerable with that and talk about those kinds of things. So I think to to your point, you know, being humble in that approach uh goes a long way oh yeah awesome. i love it michael thank you for being on the podcast with us we've enjoyed it you've put a, a lot of healthy nuggets out there uh, for our listeners if they wanted to learn more about you and maybe get on a phone call with you and just learn more about how to translate culture into client experience customer experience how would they reach out to you i would say best is probably look look for me on linkedin um, and I know Michael Brown is like a name is like John Doe, you know, it'd probably be hard to find, but I'm here in Birmingham, Alabama, Michael Brown, uh, healthcare administrator. Uh, I think if you search, we've got a lot enough mutual contacts in the healthcare field that, uh, that I, I should pop up rather high up on the list. But we'll, just drop your, the best we'll drop your direct link there in the show notes. And that way people can just press a button and get to you. Perfect. Awesome. Michael, thanks again for being on with us, man. Appreciate your time. And we look forward to having you on again in the near future. All right. Thank you, Michael. All right, man. We'll thanks, see you. guys.